good evening. Uh, this is a special edition of uh, Boom Goes a Dynamite. I am uh, your host, uh, Jeffrey Wessel. With me tonight is Paul Sebastian. Uh, you can tell we're not doing the usual shtick tonight. Uh, well, because... I will keep some traditions. Needed that one. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> you know, yeah, drink them if you got them. Um, yeah, because this is by far not a, a typical episode of, of Boom Goes a Dynamite or of uh, or indeed of AEW Dynamite as uh, this past Saturday night. Not, not one you see often and not one you want to see often or ever for that matter. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, this is uh, this is the best thing you're going to watch that never should have existed in the first place. Yeah, I- indeed. Um, this past Saturday night, of course, we we all learned of the 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 tragic passing of John Huber, aka uh, Brody Lee, aka Luke Harper, uh, in another company, aka Big Rig. A- yeah, um, just at the far far too young age, forty one years old. Like I like I I'm older. Yeah, it's then, then John Huber. It, it, yeah, you know, it, the, these these things do put it in perspective uh, for wrestling fans of a certain age, especially. Um, yeah, man. I mean, what what to say besides this sucks? Uh, you know, the listeners of this podcast will know uh, just how much uh, we thought of Brody Lee, which was a lot. You know, Brody was a a favorite of this podcast. We were very happy to see him on the show, featured regularly. Uh, we talked a lot throughout the last uh, recent months, especially about dark orders direction and uh you know what dark order was doing under his leadership and you know where it could have gone and and how integral he really was to the product uh that dynamite was putting out and uh it's just devastating yeah and i mean w- w- especially when you think he 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 leaves behind two young ki- you know two young children yeah. you know i I'm, I'm a father you know of course my kids are nearly grown but you know, and, it's just the, yeah, the very yeah. idea, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 horrendous uh, to the, the loss that his family suffered. And, you know, by all accounts and, you know, wrestling fans that listen to this podcast, I've definitely been following social media and seeing the outpouring of stories and anecdotes and uh, and photos and videos and all the things that the wrestling community uh, and, and pro wrestlers have shared about uh, John Huber and his life and, and what a guy he was, uh, you know, th- that that level of vocal support is you know the kind of testament to his character uh great guy one of wrestling's true good guys in a uh a business that doesn't have enough of them there need to be so many more brody lees especially in this year when we've learned just how much that there are not a lot of good guys yeah you know wrestling's always had uh, uh, a lot of questionable character uh but yeah this year was definitely Oh, uh, you know, the light being shined on uh, a lot of goings on within pro wrestling, even in the, you know, the changing industry and, you know, some of the uh, quote unquote, like woke uh, uh, corners of wrestling. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I thought you were saying something. <laughs> I um, was actually sneezing. Uh, oh, no problem. I, I understood. If you had a point uh, to make, go ahead and continue. No, I mean, that kind of was my point, man. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this, this isn't going to be our usual, uh, you know, um, 
our, our usual uh, laugh fest, you know, that we're, no. we review the card. I mean, there, there was, to be fair, there was a card tonight. There, uh, yes. they, the, you know, AEW, you know, derailed their, their, their cards. Uh, they were, um, you know, the, we were supposed to have, you know, uh, this is supposed, yeah, this to, was be, supposed to be yeah night one of new year's smash. Yeah. And instead it became the, the Brody Lee, you know, celebration of life, which, that's fine. Great. So um, let's let's take care yeah. of a couple things before we get into the show, Jeff. One, uh, another companion piece of content that was released this week uh, was being the elites Brody Lee tribute episode. Did you happen to catch that? I, I did not. I did not. Uh, I would I would recommend uh, uh, watching it. It was uh, uh, a lovely little tribute, uh, mostly full of clips from his being the elite appearances and some testimonials uh, from especially uh, Alex Reynolds, John Silver, uh, and Preston Vance. Um, amongst others, talking about his time at being the elite and you know his journey through through that side of things and his comedy and stuff. And there was a lot of great clips of of some of the comedic stuff that he did on that show. And just it really was a great reminder of you know how versatile Brody was. And you know we saw during his AEW run. Uh, if you were just watching on Wednesday nights, you saw the very intense uh, Brody Lee character. You saw a very mean guy, a uh, guy who wasn't afraid to like berate his uh, uh, cronies, his, uh, his subordinates. subordinates. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, you know, he got a little bit comedic here and there with a couple of the skits and bits he did. I, you know, famously the dinner one where he kind of did that Vince McMahon nod to the, the sneeze where he beat the guy up who sneezed right. um, stuff like that. But, yeah, it really showed his like how funny the guy was and how he could crack everybody up as well. Uh, and it was just really nice to see. And, it, you know, gave me a few laughs on a, on a time that we really needed some. So anyone that didn't see the being the elite, I would say check that out. OK, um, you said there was something else media related. Yeah, one other thing. I guess we'd be remiss if we didn't. You know, one of the things that we've, you know, kind of taken to doing on this podcast is keeping up with social media surrounding, you know, what's going on and with what we're talking about and things related to AEW Dynamite and the talent in AEW Dynamite, sometimes backstage stuff. Um, and, you know, we all, we, we tend to uh, touch on when something really bad happens on wrestling Twitter and someone's really, really bad on it. Uh, and so I guess we'd be remiss if we didn't just touch on this. I don't want to spend much time on it cause it sucks, but, um, a piece came out not 24 hours after Brody's passing, uh, questioning the level of information that was given to the public, um, about, you know, uh, Brody's cause of death and, you know, specifically questioning, uh, the motives of Brody's own, uh, uh widowed wife. Uh, and that was written by uh, by a guy named Bruce Mitchell. Uh, yeah. Jeff, did you see? You saw this? Oh yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I, I was all over it. Yeah, and and of course, you know, if you've been following wrestling as intensely as you know, you myself, um, you know, anyone who really hosts a show here on on the PWOM network uh, involving pro wrestling, you know who Bruce Mitchell is. Um, yeah, this was not the time. No, it was awful. Or, or, or the place, um, and you know, to and, and while we realize that yes, there is a there is a baked in level of, of bullshit involved with pro wrestling and any information involving it. This really was just not the time. 
I mean, no, uh, yeah, and, I mean, and, and I done mean, for she, the wrong reason. She was not and, in the business. I mean, she had nothing to do with the business. She was, yeah, no, and you know, this it's it was absolutely ridiculous. And she did, you know, very clearly point out right at the top that it was a non-COVID related issue, and to not take her at her word, not 24 hours after this man passed, is just outrageous. It's uh, it's it's engagement farming in just the absolutely most soulless possible way. Um, and, and, you know, I would give someone the benefit of the doubt of, you know, maybe I'm just a dog brained idiot that's asking too many questions and the wrong at the wrong time. But it wasn't just a matter of timing because Bruce's reaction to the backlash that he received was equally if not more heinous than the piece he wrote in the first place. Yeah. The man continued to double down and then doubled down on his previous double downs until he is where he should be, which is off Twitter now at the very least. Uh, he was fired from Pro Wrestling Torch and he has now deleted his Twitter account. So good and good. Fuck you, Bruce Mitchell, and fuck anybody that uh, uh, tries to use the guise of journalism uh, to act in this manner. Uh, it's well, then then let's also throw uh, J.E. Snowden under the bus, too, because he's a dickhead and he deserves it, too. Um, just because, because just not related to this. Just no, 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 like it, no exactly related <laughs> to this. I wouldn't have brought him up otherwise. Exactly. Okay, I didn't, I didn't see because what, he, he was trying to play devil's advocate and, and, and defend him. I saw one tweet that that yeah kind of insinuated that and it was not good either. That's yeah. true. So, yeah. Yeah. but yeah, yeah once but, again, but, if we're but, gonna if we're gonna let, let, let's put one wrestling journalist over. Shout out Sean Ross Sapp who was being good about it. But the thing is that what what really makes this especially heinous is that we collectively, including Amanda Huber, don't forget, we we, we were grieving and mourning John Huber and. He threw this out there. Yeah, and, 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 and it, it was baseless. It wasn't it based on any factor research. There was no reason for it other it than took us out of our. It, it took us out of a, a period of grieving and remembrance. Yeah, that's and that's the worst part about it is that we had to spend any time talking about it. That we're spending any time talking about it now. I'll be honest, we shouldn't even be. Fuck well, this guy. Well, I mean, yeah, uh, I mean, uh, we're, we're 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 gonna move on from it, but yeah, yeah. I mean, but again, we would be remiss if we didn't even address it. You know. Yeah, yeah, we have to address it, and you know the importance of you know mourning properly and showing respect to people. You know, again, the wrestling business uh, full of scumbags, and we're trying to do better. And part of it is this. Part of it is how we handle tragedy and how we lift people up and support people during tragedies rather than, you know, the individualistic kind of everyone looking out for themselves and using uh, this uh, horrible, horrible event in, in a bad faith way to bring attention to yourself is just it's the wrong way to go about it in every facet. So don't be like that. And we're not going to be like that. We hope you don't be like that and don't support people that are like that. Don't listen to their shit. Don't read their shit. Don't click on it. So, um, so we did get a, a special card, uh, for a W dynamite tonight. Um, now I, I, I am of the generation that still has PTSD from, when WWF Monday Night Raw did the tribute to Owen Hart, you know, the night after. Brother, you know. I was I was 10 years old watching Over the Edge live when yeah. uh, 
Owen Hart. Well, I was uh, too. Paul I, I, Kirk. Well, I wasn't ten, but I was. And watching I mean, it. being a kid, it really like it's like the the loss of innocence as a wrestling fan. Truly, uh, yeah. just the death of your innocence along with the actual death of one Owen Hart. And yeah, you're right. I mean, obviously, I didn't see it under that lens at the time because I was much younger. Uh, but yeah, in retrospect. Yeah, and, and, and there, there was you know the, the 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 next night on Raw, and when you, when you look back on it now, there is just such a a a, a sheen of insincerity to that yeah, show. Yeah, there is. But you know what? It's it's important that we try not to compare those two. I think because well, right. But I mean, one most importantly, the circumstances surrounding both of their passings are wildly different from each other of when AEW had nothing to do with Brody's death and, and WWE largely literally responsible for Owen Hart's death. Uh, right. That's like the biggest part of it is like, it's their fault that he died. Right. But I mean, th- there's still a little bit of that, uh, you know, that, that PTSD from, from that show. And don't forget, you know, too, they, they, they paid tribute to Chris Benoit the night after he died. And then like within two days, he had to, issue a retraction on one of his other programs because <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah i don't even have the energy to do chris benoit stuff today man well, I right just, but, I, I, but what i'm getting at is that <laughs> usually we we see these and, and it comes to you know it comes back to haunt them um i, I don't think this is the case tonight there, no, there definitely not was not a sheen of insincerity whatsoever on this None. Um, an, an incredibly heartfelt event. Um, what I, I, I DM'd you and told you that this was the most outwardly emotional wrestling event that I've ever watched. Um, uh, yeah. I, I was brought to tears uh, uh, multiple times throughout the show. Um, I literally just wiped myself up from crying before we made this call uh, with, the, with the final part, which we'll get into. We'll, I guess we'll try to go a little bit in order here. But, yeah, it was uh, an incredibly sincere and incredibly heartfelt event, uh, you know, from uh, that was, you know, a fitting tribute uh, to a guy who, by all accounts, was a very sincere, very from-the-heart kind of dude. Yeah, and uh, we're, we're, we're just going to give the match results. We're not going to do any... Uh... We're not going to do any any of the usual stuff that we no, do. No. Like we're no, not going to review the matches. I won't be, be nitpicking on anything. Yeah, no I won't be picking on spots no, or anything like that. Yeah, no, no, hmms or you know anything like that. Um, no, but let's talk about the show a little bit. Let's go yeah, through it. Let's go through it. So, uh, of course, you know there was they did not run an opening credit sequence tonight. Uh, it no. just it it, it, it we. Uh, when we faded up, um, you know, Jim Ross gave the you know the catch line is Wednesday. You know what that means? Yep. Which and we got it, which I have seen some comments that if AEW doesn't adopt that as their slogan, at this point, yeah, it's time. You just do it. Yeah, just do it. Why not? Um, it sounds like, uh, it sounds like the, the, the Huber family is in line to get all the royalties and all the stuff from all of his stuff. I know, uh, whether it was through AEW doing this in good faith or how, however it happened, uh, just days before John Hewer's passing, he uh, acquired all the rights to the Brody Lee name and everything. So yeah. uh, that's that's a that's a piece of uh, good news for the family there. And it sounds like AEW is taking care of them, and I hope that continues. Uh, the entire roster, including uh, the the Huber family, uh, were there for the the ten bell salute. A wrestling tra- an age old wrestling tradition that again you don't want to see. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we were right off to the races with that, uh, Brody Jr. in the number 10 mask with the kendo stick in the very fashionable, um, uh, tailored suit, much like his father. Indeed. Um, 
we got a uh, a, 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 a testimonial from uh, John Moxley. I had some very beautiful. It, it was a, a great testimonial. Yeah, from a guy who, you know, he has a charisma that's used in a very specific way. And to see him kind of, you know, continue to replicate that in a way, but but to, you know, really speak from his heart and to be to see a guy that's so good with his words kind of at a loss for words to what to say is very affecting. Um, you know, he's known Brody a really long time. They've worked together from, you know, he said it himself from, from armories and bingo halls to, to arenas and stadiums. And that's the case with a lot of these guys that are in AEW now. Uh, you know, they, uh, Mox and Brody probably wrestled in front of 30, 40 people and in front of 30 or 40,000 people. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, we then go to the, the, the first match. A, a, every match, uh, tonight featured a member of the dark order. Um, so Colt, we had Colt Cabana and the Young Bugs victorious over Matt Hardy and Private Party. Colt, uh, a couple things about Colt. One, uh, in great shape and a lot, that's, there's something to be said and we'll, we'll pick on this, pick this up on a different episode, but, uh, a lot of guys in AEW getting in and staying in really great shape. Uh, I think that's a lot to do with the, the very good strength and conditioning people that they have, but it's, it's super noticeable and was noticeable in this show despite everything else. Uh, we then had a testimonial from, uh, and by, again, we're not going through match reviews or, or any angling or anything like that. No, no, no. But not there, there was a not couple tonight. Things, right. But there was some storyline service that did happen throughout the show. There and was, I thought it was, but... it was done correctly and it was done tastefully in my opinion. Yeah. Um, Darby Allen, uh, gave a video testimonial as well. Uh, I just want to point out, I, I love the fact that he's wearing a, a, uh, a crass penis envy, uh, t-shirt. That was a cut this. that I, I did not. That's not me. That's well, all Crash, you. Crash is one of my all-time favorite punk rock groups of all time. So, yeah, I, I picked that up uh, pretty much immediately. So Darby's a real one. Darby knows his shit, huh? Well, you know, the thing is about the Crass t-shirts is that they probably are all bootleg because I don't think Crass would have gone for that. Right. But like for a guy his age to like know all that and like have the presence of mind there, he probably knows his punk rock a little bit. Um. Match two of the evening uh, had uh, the actual Dark Order, the the actual original OG the Dark original Order. Dark Order. Uh, the Super, Super Smash Sm- Bros. Yep, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson teaming with Lance Archer, who was in a uh, Brody Lee cosplay. Yes, his, yes, his, the his, big rig slash Luke Harper gear. Um, going up against Eddie Kingston, uh, someone else who was uh, very close with uh, Brody Lee. Uh, I don't. So, did you catch Eddie Kingston's uh, fashion tribute to Brody? I did. Yeah, so he I was did. wearing a Notre Dame jersey because, uh, according to Big E, uh, Brody used to tell people that he played offensive tackle for Notre Dame in the 80s, um, and people would just believe him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He just did it to pop Big E to make people like believe him. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Kingston cool. butchering the blade, uh, Evil Uno getting the pin on the blade. Um you know, again, that was, uh, yeah, I mean, it was nice to see the the actual original Dark Order. Uh, yeah, and I got to say, the Evil Uno, and again, this is, uh, you know, a little bit of storyline service because the recruiting of Hangman Page was already on from Evil Uno and uh, Stu Grayson. So them having this really good match, and everyone looked great, and, you know, the one theme of this show is everybody had a really good match tonight. Everyone really showed out. Yeah. Uh, you know, just one of those things where people get inspired and really uh, brought their A game all throughout the night. 
Uh, but, you know, everyone looked really great in this match. And it was a little bit of storyline service. And I think they did, again, they did a lot of this tastefully. Uh, we didn't mention in the earlier match the Acclaimed coming out and getting a little heat, which I thought was done quite well. Uh, so I'm glad they did it throughout this show the way that they did it. Yeah. Um, we then get, uh, you know, kind of a montage uh, testimonial from uh, Dax Harwood of FTR, uh, Arn Anderson, Hulk Cabana, and uh, Bryce Remsburg, where I nearly lost it. That was another time that I cried. I cried a lot of times throughout this show. That was absolutely one of the times. Bryce couldn't hold it together. I couldn't hold it together. There wasn't a dry eye in the house when Bryce was talking about uh, his relationship to Brody. And, you know, of course, you know, they were that close and had that kind of relationship. Bryce also, you know, huge dad energy. Bryce is uh, one of the dadliest guys in all of pro wrestling. When I talked, I was talking to Bryce at, uh, I think it was spring break night two, uh, one of the nights in New York. And I had asked him if he was going to be at uh, something else the next night. And he just very exhaustedly looked at me and goes, no, man, I miss my son. Yeah. And that's the kind of guy Bryce Remsburg is. Yeah. Uh, and, and it really showed here. And yeah, it definitely got me. Uh, the third match of the evening, uh, Adam Page, John Silver, and Alex Reynolds. The, the, the good, the bad, the hungy against um, MJF, Santana, and Ortiz. Uh, this had the biggest surprise of the night because of a, and a very unexpected cameo from Eric Redbeard, a.k.a. Uh, Eric Rowan. This whole, this whole match was so well executed. Uh, really just great moments all throughout. Um uh, an uplifting thing that we totally need MJF big props to MJF for making the sacrifices of staying in character and being the heel that this match needed in order yeah, to, yeah, including, uh, including fucking with, you know, Brody jr. Huge. I mean, that's, but it's so important to, to do that. It's, it makes this whole thing even more effective. Um, but yeah, MJF, uh, messing with Brody jr. Pulls off Brody jr's number 10 mask. Uh, Brody Jr. wax him with a kendo stick. You love to see that. Yeah. Brody Jr. is a worker, by the way. Uh, there was a couple little moments I noticed with him. From that, like he like sold like the crying even harder when he got the mask ripped off just to hit the guy with the kendo stick. Pure pro wrestling. Yeah. He was absolutely selling. And when uh, Cody brought him into the ring at the end of the show, he did that little hop over the second rope. I don't know if you noticed that. I did notice that, actually. Yeah, no, Brody Jr. is a worker, dude. Uh, I mean, well, I mean, he he's also... Now you know he he he's pinned Kenny Omega for the world title, and now yeah, he's, he's a world he, champion. He's a he's a, he's collecting belts. He's gonna be like Ultimo Dragon with just like eight belts on, <laughs> eight belts and like a number ten mask. Brody Junior. By the time he's like eleven, yeah. What he's gonna win the AAA Mega Championship? They're gonna give him the Black Craft belt. <laughs> oh God! Brody Junior. is gonna slit the preacher's throat to get the Black Craft belt. <laughs> Brody Jr. versus Matthew Justice in a jumping off the highest thing contest. Yeah. Uh, when, when, uh, when, when John Silver and, and Eric Redbeard were both embracing and crying. Uh, yeah, one got me too. Yeah, it was, it was a, Silver got the pin, by the way. On I mean, I never thought I'd be popping that hard for Eric Rowan, maybe in my life, but here we are, man. Well, I mean, yeah. I popped real hard for that. It was, it was really a great moment. It was a really touching tribute, and it was really great they brought him in, and you know what? Let's, 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 let's keep Eric around. Yeah, well, yeah let's, see, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. He's a big, strong guy. We like our big, beefy boys. Uh, Eddie Kingston had a uh, very, very touching uh, video promo. Very intense. He's just the most intense guy. Uh, we then had our fourth match, uh, Ty Conti and Anna J, number 99, which, yes, you were right. 
about the origins of the 99, but... Yeah, we talked about that the day it happened, but I, I very... I just, yeah, I want to make sure everyone knows that I was like, yeah, well, she's 99 because of Wayne Gretzky. Right, but you know what? Um, I, I, I offer the idea of it, her being 99 because of Agent 99 from Get Smart, and you know what? I was not the only one because Jim Ross said the same thing. Well, yeah, uh, that... You know, you guys are you guys are old and we're cool, and uh, oh, that's just. Uh, I mean, oh please, I, I remember you Gretzky just the, actually. You just played my point for me. I rest my case. I, I remember Gretzky <laughs> actually being a player. Motherfucker. I'm, I'm cool <laughs> and I like sports and I know about them. Uh, they they took on uh, they took on uh, Doctor Britt Baker, DMD, and Penelope. I, I also Ford. remember uh, New York Ranger Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> uh, right, he played for the Wayne Rangers. Yeah, he did. <laughs> uh and uh so uh yeah anna jay gets the gets a tap out on uh on penelope ford and ty conti i really like that sequence at the end where she uh uh took out all of the external oh forces she just clobbered um, she clobbered brit on clobbered that. brit and then um pulled reba off the apron uh you know a, a team that we've talked about wanting to see more and i guess i mean there's the reason why they're fantastic i really i lost it again with anna j who like was literally crying through the entire match oh yeah she yeah anna she even stopped yeah she yeah match. she even stopped halfway through because she was uh she she was yeah, in tears which god and and you and you look at and you see how emotional everyone in dark order is getting and that's yeah. another Testament to who Brody Lee was because Brody wasn't just like an on-screen character that was paired up with these people. Brody was a mentor to them. Brody was a, a veteran source of guidance. Brody was a comforting shoulder for a lot of them. Brody helped elevate everybody in this like faction, like not only like pr professionally but personally. And you could just really see that with everybody and and how they were expressing themselves. Yeah, uh, we then get uh, Chris Jericho uh, video promo, which uh, kind of told on Chris Jericho a little bit. Well, I did. I, I got to be. I got to admit, I loved it because it's such a perfect. Like the story is such a perfect example of like when how a dumb like when a dumb guy is like impressed by like what they think is smart. It's just so perfect. It's like man, this guy knew where Mecca was, and I was like, who knows where Mecca is? Like, who even knows that man? It's so perfect. It was just, Jesus. it was very Chris. It was very Jericho. Yeah, it, it really was. <laughs> but, it, but it was, but it was from the heart. It was sincere. And like Jericho really genuinely wanted to express that he admired Brody for being an intelligent guy. And that was the point of that, you know? Our our main event of the evening was a, uh, a, a dream team match set up by, uh, by not by, only by not negative only one wrestler and worker, but also a mind for booking. You got expert booker Brody Jr. here because you know what? This is a really fun uh, grouping of uh, folks. Co Cody Rhodes, Orange Cassidy, and uh, and you know Dark Order number ten, Preston Vance. Who um, there's something there with Preston Vance, man. I mean, they haven't showcased him a whole lot, but like that, there's something there, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, there is. Um. They took on Team Taz, Brian Cage, Ricky Starks, and Powerhouse Hobbs. Um, I really you know, enjoyed this match. I thought yeah, it was it, it was it was fun. You know, not dark. You know, Preston Vance gets the pin on Ricky Starks, of course, because you know this is the tribute show, and the Dark Order is going to get the. Uh, and Dark Order got every pin tonight, as they should have. This was the exact right thing to do. Everyone yeah. knew it was coming, but you do it. This is what you do. This is how. Yeah, but Dark Order was supposed to get every win, and they got every win. 
Uh, great execution there. One more just side note. Cody is getting humongous. Yeah, I like, have noticed Cody that. Cody is really jacked. I don't know if how ready the world is for jacked Cody. Uh, we, the, the match ended with uh, Darby Allen and Sting uh, coming to the rescue of uh, uh, of of the baby faces after Team Taz attacked post match, and then uh, yeah, that was a very cool shot seeing number ten and uh, flanked by you know these huge stars, and yeah. just a big moment for Dark Order. Uh, Ricky Stark selling the snow was really great. I don't know if you noticed. That. I did. <laughs> so, I Ricky Stark just like, like melting like the Wicked Witch of the West. Yeah, I, I did catch that. Really good stuff. Uh, we then, you know, to, to to end the show, we had uh, Cody Rhodes give a little speech. Uh, brought out the family again. Uh, they they put, uh, you know, uh, Brody Junior put his dad's boots in the ring. They laid a handkerchief on to, on top of it. Uh, Tony right Khan, again. Tony got Khan presented the family with, with the, the TNT title belt as a memorial. Um, and then we got an, a little video package that surprisingly had a lot of WWE folk in it. Um, yeah, it was very interesting that they got a bunch of uh, stock footage from uh, WWE. They got a, a lovely picture with Bray Wyatt, one with Eric. Uh, uh, with, with, you with, know, uh, Seth Rollins, I saw. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they, they had a little bit of footage from the indies. I only... <sighs> There's one match I wish they would have had the footage for that they could have shown briefly. Uh, there was a match in Dragon Gate that he did. Okay. Uh, in 2011, it was a it was like a six man tag match, and he was. Uh, I remember reading the story is that he was geeked out for this match. Brody, Brody Lee was because on the opposite side was Yoshihiro freaking Takayama. Okay. And uh, yeah, can you imagine those two big beefy boys? Uh, that's you know that you know that's what I love to see. Can so, you find this one? Is this one? A, I, I, is this I'm going to try to find it. I, I have not had the time to find it, uh, but yeah, I'm going I'm to try to look for that match. If you uh, find it, share it with me, and we'll share it with the people um, on our Twitter at BGTD Podcast. Yeah. Um. So that that that, that close the show, uh, and and then it's uh, that that's uh, that's the tribute show to uh, to Brody Lee. I just want to say for myself. Um, you know, it, it's just again. You know the 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 effect that he had on people on people. You know, it is just it, it's magnificent. Not I have not heard one negative thing about him. Not one. yeah, that's that's incredible. And you know, you see that happen, and people you know wanna I mean, it, you know it, remember it, people for their best qualities when they pass. But this is different. It, it, you know, this is a rare rare occurrence when somebody is just that good and. You know, the it's it's all too familiar of a story that, you know, people like Brody don't get enough time in this world. You know, if, uh, you know, I lost a friend who maybe had the biggest heart of anybody I'd ever met personally uh, passed in his late 20s. And, you know, I think about people like him when I think about people like Brody and they're cut from the same cloth, man. Just yeah. humongous hearts, I mean, just usually, genuinely good people that that, you know, weren't here for long enough. Like even the best people piss piss somebody off at times you know and we i have not heard one story about this but i mean the, even know? the times you hear about people uh being pissed off at him it's always for like a a good reason or like a, a connotation where something a conflict was resolved afterwards or you know john's passion came out for somebody in like a, a constructive way 
You know, that's the only time that's the only time you hear about anyone even being mad at the guy, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, we were pit. He was pissed at me um, about this like match we had, or like like when he told like Cesaro uh, told a story about how uh, Brody said that uh, he was too like he got mad at him for bleeding too much in one of their matches. Like, oh, uh, uh, you know, shit like that. That's like the well, worst you can find, which is incredible. Right. But I mean, like, not only that, but the the effect that he had on this company. Yeah. yeah on, the, on the product itself. Like, he, he rescued, he single-handedly rescued the Dark Order shtick. Even though I, I never thought it was bad, but it really wasn't getting over. And then he came along and it got over. Yeah, you know, and you know, Absolutely. it, it turned in... talked about this a whole lot throughout the Dark Order storyline, and like yeah. how the addition of Brody and how, as Brody goes, so goes Dark Order, and that's kind of how it's been yeah. um, up until uh, after after the dog collar match. Yeah, and, and, which well, I, even that, I mean, like, I mean, we we will have that forever too. That dog like collar it's match, the stuff of like, like one, it was an awesome match, but. It being his last match is going to build the legend of that for a long time. Yeah, I, I, yeah, because I, I, I can think of an equivalent example just in my ex- recent experience where someone's last match built the legend of him um, because they had to stop wrestling afterward. Uh, Which? Uh, Katsuyori Shibata. Shibata, yeah. I was going to say, were you thinking Shibata? Because, yeah. yeah, that's this. I mean, yeah, obviously circumstances are different, but when your last match is is uh, tr- one as tremendous as that, especially, you know, if it's I, the last before you're passing, it's going to build that legend just naturally. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Um, and, well, and, you know, and let's not forget, too, you know, the, the, the squash he did of Cody Rhodes. Yeah. Which, that, I mean, um, I'll be, I'm actually going to be covering that on my other podcast uh, pretty soon. Oh okay. Oh, I, I yeah, hey, I, I know the I'll one. Talk, you, I know the yeah, one you mean. But... Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, I mean they, um, I mean that that alone. I mean that 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 built it up too, and that was like on a on a special, special you know preempted by the NBA, you know, prime time you know Saturday night episode. But you know it, it drew the interest, you know, and then yeah, he, he delivered did. that, you know, because Brody Lee was a draw. That, I mean, Brody Lee was a legitimate draw. People wanted to watch the show to see him. Even people who don't tune into AEW regularly, uh, like wrestling fans who are aware of him, would make sure that they were watching when he had a big match or big moment uh, he was hyped for. And, you know, despite all of the incredible moments and all of the incredible matches and everything that Brody gave to us, the fans, as a pro wrestler, we're going to spend so much time wondering what could have been. Uh, yeah, and, and that's and, and, that's and this shows how much more the guy had to give, you know. I mean, that that is going to be one of the the one of the, the 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 tragedies of this is that God, he really really could have been a, a, one of the faces of AEW. For I mean, he was forty one years old and he still had so much left in the tank, man. Uh, he could still really go, and yeah, was was and really bet, good to be a, a, a pillar of all big, One of the best big boots I've ever seen. Oh yeah, absolutely incredible. And just he—I mean, he was—he had it all. He could cut a promo. He had a great look. Uh, he, you know, he showed up in big matches. He made things feel big. He was a leader. Yeah, there he was just everything you wanted in a professional wrestler and everything you wanted in a man, in a person, yeah, in a human I mean, being. Yeah, dedicated to his family. You know, 
I mean, I mean, what more can you say? I mean, it's one of the good guys. It's he, he's yeah, definitely one of the good guys. And uh, I mean, I can think of we're talking about you know moments and what could have been. Just thinking of, remember that like seven or eight minute match he had with Dustin a while back. Oh yeah, and how and how good that was, and how we when we I remember we talked about it on the podcast that night. That like imagine them in like a like a pay per view or like big dynamite main event. You give them like thirty minutes. How about you know his match with Orange Cassidy? Absolutely. You know, it just I mean that 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 should have been a pay per view match. I mean, uh, Darby Allen spent his time in his uh, his moment uh, uh, to pay tribute to Brody, talking about how Brody was the guy he wanted to. Uh, excuse me, the guy he wanted to face the most in all elite wrestling, and think about what what that match could have been. Yeah, it's just yeah. Well, the, 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 there's gonna be a lot of what could have been regarding this, and I I mean again I. I this isn't the time to discuss it, but you know, there's going to be questions of okay, well, what you know, what what now? The direction. I mean, now, now the Dark Order have been, you know, they they've been given this babyface spotlight. Yeah, I think that's it's going to be. I mean, it would again, this isn't, if you this were isn't the to, time to discuss this, but yeah, going forward with them, yeah, it's going to be tough to probably to uh, uh, position them uh, in, in a bad guy type role for a while, but. Uh, you know, Brody Lee did accomplish something that, you know, he set out to do as leader of Dark Order, and that's raise the profile of every single member of Dark Order individually and make them all better for his presence and for him having been there. And Brody Lee absolutely did accomplish that mission. Brody Lee made everybody in Dark Order better, and he made them all more relevant. Uh, all of them are now more well-known and are all positioned to succeed in the future, whether it's Dark Order or whether it's the next thing. Um, everyone that that he touched and had direct contact with in All Elite Wrestling is going to benefit from that. It, and, uh, it, it, you know, that's, that's another thing about Brody that was just, that was great, that, that uh, should be commended. If nothing else, um, I think the Beaver Boys and Adam Page are are going to be you know Dark Order or no I think they're going to be a permanent thing at this point. I I you know what I wouldn't mind seeing it. Um you know, again I hate to speculate because you just you just really don't know what the future holds here uh, uh you know storyline and you know quote unquote booking wise. Uh but I know that everybody in Dark Order I think has a bright future regardless of you know how what it looks like. Yeah, and it just it, well. I think it, that was on display. It, one of the one of the big positives and one of the the bright spots and uplifting things we can take away from tonight's show is that everyone in Dark Order got a moment and an opportunity, and they all seized it. Yeah, and it, well, it, but again, it's just you know the 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 tragedy of it is that it took this for that to happen. And yeah, and again, I mean, again, I think I think Brody would have accomplished that mission where you know one way or the other, but he absolutely did. Yeah, and again, it's just you know, there's just so much. He 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 really had so much left to get, you know, more to give, both in the ring and as as a human being on planet. Absolutely. Uh, uh, I am also. Hang on a second. I got I got to look something up real. Uh, okay. Real quick, but he was in a movie, and I've talked about this movie before. Yeah, I saw the clip of it you know, that was going around, but I can't remember um, the name. Well, hang on. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to bring that up now because and the reason how I actually came to know this movie first, I still haven't seen it. But I knew of it because um, the guy who wrote the screenplay is actually a, a, a novelist I really, really like. Oh, named, wow. Named Grady Hendrix. 
Okay. Um. But uh, let me. I got. Darn it. Here we go. I'm gonna, sorry. <laughs> this yeah, is I, content. I, right this here. is content right here. Um. But yeah, the. Uh, yeah, this is a great time for my. Uh, like, Mohawk is what it was called. Uh, released in 2017. Uh, kind of a survival, you know, a. Uh, a, a political action horror film, as okay. uh, as uh, as uh, said on uh, Wikipedia, uh, directed by Ted uh, I, I'm, Geo Gigan. I'm probably mispronouncing that, but it was co-written Probably. by Geo Gigan and you know that novelist I mentioned, uh, right. uh, Grady Hendrix. Um, well, go I, I watch, don't think go watch a Brody Lee movie. Yeah, I don't think he had a huge part in the movie. But um, he, uh, but he, he does feature in it. So I would, uh, yeah, by all means, uh, yeah, try see if you can find that. Seek it out. Seek out um, a Brody match. Um, for those that have WWE Network, I would really recommend the opening of WrestleMania 31's seven-way ladder match that featured uh, Luke Harper, Dean Ambrose, Stardust, R Truth, Dolph Ziggler, uh, Bad News Barrett. And uh, 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 did I say our truth already? I think you did. Yeah, I did say our truth. There wasn't. There was a seventh. Oh, and Daniel Bryan, who won the match. Um, but yeah, I would highly recommend that one. A big moment. Basically, anytime you got Brody Lee around a ladder, watch that. He was a ladder match expert and probably the best ladder match big man, maybe ever. I think probably the best big man to participate in ladder matches. He just really shined in the format. Yeah, and then I'm gonna look for that. Uh, I, I'm gonna look for a link for that uh, that Dragon Gate match with uh, with him against Takayama because holy shit. Yeah, yeah, I, I want to check that one out too. So yeah, so, for yeah. sure. Uh, yeah, just uh, yeah, check that one. Out. I'll, I'll post that to my Twitter. Yeah, um, I think at, uh, style story without the e I think style. I think that's all we got, huh? Yeah. Do we want to do plugs? Yeah, I mean, you know, which people should still know where to find us. All um, right, well, you go ahead first. Yeah, you can you can still find me on Twitter at ThickFlareTTV. And, of course, uh, this podcast, if you want to share any of your favorite uh, moments or memories from Brody Lee's uh, life and career, you can always share them with us at BGTD Podcast on Twitter. That's BGTD Podcast. And, uh, you know, I'm happy to say on uh, coming up in just a couple days, January 1st, you'll be able to get the uh, introductory uh, uh, mini sort of not pilot, but intro episode of my new podcast, fake fight, real fight. Uh, that's coming out very soon. Episode one dropping on the seventh, uh, the preview episode, uh, dropping on new year's day. That's me and MMA's finest Harry Mack. Uh, we're going to be comparing and contrasting a uh, wrestling uh, match or event with a uh, match or event from combat sports every week. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm going to, uh, I'll say now, episode two is going to be Brody Lee uh, centered. We're going to do uh, Brody Lee, Cody Rhodes one versus uh, Vitor Belfort, Randy Couture one because oh, Brody. Because Brody was a big fan of Vitor Belfort, oh, wow. uh, and those both those fights uh, had some a lot of a lot of parallels uh, in these bouts. So we're going to talk about a lot of those, and I'm very excited for that. So please uh, check out FFRF Pod. That's FFRF, like Fake Fight, Real Fight Pod on Twitter, and follow me for updates on that. And you'll uh, you'll have that soon. Thanks. 
Um, you can find me at Strong Style Story without the E in style on Twitter, my personal Twitter at GD Wessel, two S's, one L. Um, a couple of days ago, uh, we uh, Strong Style Story released its fifth anniversary episode, a two part, a, a split. Thank you, thank you. Uh, yeah, we, we yeah we literally would not have done this this show without doing Strong Style Story. So, um, but that is on the PWOM network. It, there's a side A, side B. Side A is uh, our Wrestle Kingdom 15 preview, and then our uh, our fifth anniversary. Uh, you know, our, our fifth anniversary chin wag. Uh, there may be a busting balls coming this weekend. I don't know if we're gonna do it yet, though. We we, we may, we may not. So right on. But um, anyway, uh, we appreciate everyone for listening to this uh, kind of off the beaten path episode of Boom Goes the Dynamite. But then again, you know, it, you know, tragic, extraordinary circumstances uh, prompted it, and uh, so that that that's that. Um, yeah. So next week it should be business as usual. You know, the first uh, the first dynamite of of twenty twenty one. Yeah, I mean, um, here if, if you want something to look forward to, dear listener, uh, Snoop Dogg is going to be heavily featured in next week's uh, AEW Dynamite for New Year's Smash. So uh, by the time we record this podcast, I plan to be as high as Snoop. <laughs> so, uh, thanks once again. Uh, happy New Year to everybody. Um, yes, have a happy new year. Hug please. your loved ones, man. All this shit's temporary. We, you know, you're not guaranteed anything. Uh, appreciate your surroundings, you know. Indeed, indeed. I, I couldn't say it better. So, uh, with that, we'll uh, we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to this special episode of Boom Goes the Dynamite. We'll uh, we'll catch you next week. Join Dark Order.